Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Neverland Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The Neverland Podcast 008. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and start until morning. Neverland. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Uh, there's a lot of welcome as could be or whatever. Okay, anyways, but grab your uh, your nearest pixie, sprinkle a little dust around, grab your happiest thought, and fly away with me here once again to Neverland. I've got something special cooking up for you on the burner, which you've probably been expecting because I've only been talking about it for the last few weeks. Yes, me, your host as ever, Jeremy, is actually going to step down for today and let a co-host step in here and actually host the show. Yes, Heather will be on here just as soon as I finish with some... Uh, superhero news uh she'll come on here and is going to talk to you all about the 80s version of my little pony uh she might i don't know if she's planning on talking about the friends friendship is magic right now i mean my little pony's getting a new surge in popularity which is good for the the uh, drawing manufacturers i'm sure but of course we're kind of a nostalgia program so she's going to be talking about the 80s the toys uh, her own personal experience with the toys she collected them back when she was a little girl and also uh there was a, a movie there was that series lots of fun things to talk about but before she comes in here and gets to that i have some interesting and fun news and uh, i still didn't make myself a bumper for this did i but, but i do have some fun news in the world of comic book related movies uh in fact uh hey wonder woman fans if you've been dying to have that wonder woman movie 
Well, uh, there are reports here that uh, a lady named Gal Gadot. Now, I might be saying her name wrong. She's Israeli. Apparently, she is well known for being in the Fast and Furious franchise. But she is right now signed on for at least three movies, which one of them we do know is going to be basically the sequel to Man of Steel, which is currently being called Batman vs. Superman with Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Or Cavill. I still don't know how to say his name. Uh, but she, since she has signed on to three films, there is a lot of speculation that there will be finally a Wonder Woman movie standalone, which it would be about time, really. Um, it's been a long time since the old Diane Carter series that I actually grew up watching, and maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Uh, also, there's been so much speculation also about a potential Justice League movie, so you know maybe that couldn't be too far behind to have that standalone and that Justice League movie. The unfortunate thing is... After the Avengers, and we've got a second Avengers movie coming, a lot of people who are not big in the comics are probably going to be like, oh, look, copycat. You know, it's almost a little bit too little too late. You know, they've had all the time in the world to really get that Justice League movie going. They really should have stepped the ass on this thing uh, and could have done it a long time ago. But uh, you know what? I don't care. I will still go and see it. I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I can enjoy the DC guys. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But nothing has been officially confirmed for a Justice League or Wonder Woman film. But, uh, you know, hey, we can speculate. But now here's some interesting kind of tied-in news to that. Now, we did talk last week about the Batman-Superman movie has been moved to May 6th of 2016, uh, which actually is going to be up against a yet-to-be-titled Marvel film. Uh, but the Ant-Man film has now been slated, has been moved up a couple of weeks to July 17th, 2015, which is pretty much the time that the Batman-Superman movie was going to be released. Uh, now, the interesting thing is that Peter Pan movie, which I tentatively looks like it's going to be just titled Pan with Hugh Jackman, that will still be coming out at about the same time. So Ant-Man versus Peter Pan, I'm going to see both because... Uh, well, I'm not that familiar with Ant-Man other than the, the Avengers Earth of Mightiest Heroes series, but I did enjoy the character. He was very cool, uh, so I'm very excited about that. And, of course, I just I love Peter Pan, so I'm going. And obviously I love Peter Pan because I'm hosting a podcast called Neverland, for crying out loud. Uh, here's some also some cool news. Now, we did report last week that, uh, let's see, Jamie, what is her last name? <laughs> Well, she was a Lady Sif, Jamie Alexander, Lady Sif from the Thor films. Uh, it's already been announced that on the 15th episode, uh, which is entitled Tracks. Now, that's, I forgot what you call it, where you have the little dots and each letter actually means something. That is the way it's titled. It is set to be on February the 4th, which actually is the next new episode. I don't know why they're taking a bit of a two-week break here on, uh, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Sif will be popping up on that episode, but... Uh, She's coming to take, take out or track down Lorelei, uh, a villain from uh, Walter Simonson's Thor run, uh, which, uh, let's see, we've got Alina Satine. I hope I'm saying her name right, but she is the one scheduled to play that person. Now, I'm not a big expert on knowing who this character is. I don't read a whole lot of Thor, but somebody's probably going to let me know, hey, this is this person. But the, the thing that's important also about this story, because you already knew about that, but anybody remember Deathlock? Uh, he's a cyborg assassin. He's on his 40th anniversary this year. They were originally going to give him a big screen film adaption at some point. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever come back, but he is about to have a role in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. Now, they're going to have him in a uh, as a human at first, so we will be getting to see... Uh, a little bit of an origin story for Mike Peterson, who becomes, who later becomes Deathlock. Uh, they have cast J. August Richards, which I am not familiar with this guy. Uh, I've seen a picture of him. He he looks the part. So, you know, 
this should be exciting. Uh, we do have a uh, an official description, but it's of Deathlock uh, transformed into the cybernetic soldier against his will. Mike Peterson must struggle to find the man in the machine with a high tech eye that allows him to see through walls, super strength, and increased speed, courtesy of a cybernetic leg. Will Deathlock fight alongside the agents of Shield or against them? And now the only familiarity I really have with Deathlock in the comics is way back in the '90s there was a Maximum Carnage storyline, which did eventually also speed spin off into a Super Nintendo game, which I did have, uh, and I mainly read all that because I'm a Spider-Man nut, so I collected that entire series, which actually took years to actually track down some of the issues that I had missed at certain times. So I'm you know, pretty excited to see that character come back. Uh, also, now, uh, CW has a proposed Arrow spinoff, The Flash, which I would be excited about. I haven't really watched Arrow. I'm not really a big Green Arrow fan. I tried to watch the first episode, and it didn't really get to me and everything, because like I said, I'm a Marvel guy. I'm sure plenty of DC people are just all over the Arrow, uh, but now they're working on spinning off to The Flash, uh, and apparently Professor Zoom and Killer Frost are expected to be a part of the Flash series. Uh, they, they, what the reports are saying from, from Deadline, it says that Rick Gosnett from The Vampire Diaries and Danielle Panabaker from Friday the 13th, which I'm guessing must mean the uh, more recent film, uh, but they are going to be playing those characters, respectively, obviously, from which one is male and which one is female. Uh, so I don't know exactly when the Flash series is expected to get going, uh, You know, because I have not been following the series. I'm sure someone will let me know. Now, here's some other little bit. that We've got a nice close, uh, quote from Josh Whedon that has been released uh, about the Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, it's kind of a long-worded thing, but let me read the whole thing to you. Uh, the events of Captain America the Winter Soldier will definitely affect the world of Avengers, too. But at the end of the day, I have to make my movie assuming that people will only have seen the first one or possibly not even seen the first one. I can't assume everybody went to see Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man in between. I have to go from one movie to the next and be true to what's happened but not be slavish to it. I look at this movie and the model I'm always trying to build from, my guiding star, is The Godfather Part 2. Or a ton has happened in between and it's a very different movie. But you don't need any information. It's there in the film about what's happened since, what's different, and why this is a different film, why it is a different kind of structure, and why it is darker. It's all there. You're in the vernacular of the first movie, and you're just ready to pick up on this new place. And hopefully that's what will happen with my movie. Obviously, I'm talking about one of the greatest films ever made. I hope that mine will be good, but that mine that is my guiding star. Now... Uh, the, the headline, of course, for this story that I've seen like on Superhero Hype is, you know, it's calling Godfather 2 his model for the Avengers, so that probably projects a whole lot of different imagery for what that could mean. But it sounds to me like it means like he wants Avengers Age of Ultron to be able to stand alone uh, without having to have seen everything before it to be able to have new people perhaps come in, which I guess you know, I've never seen The Godfather Part 2. I did see the first one. Uh, I should probably go back and watch the second one, but I'm not really into the whole gangster mafia thing, so... Just not really piquing my interest. Now, there was um, a bit of a quote from Mark Ruffalo, who played the Hulk in the Avengers film, and actually did a pretty good job. Now, I did enjoy Edward Norton, and uh, Mark Ruffalo is apparently is pushing for a sequel to The Incredible Hulk, except for with him, of course, starring in it, which I would like to see. They did tease us with the leader there in that film, so hopefully that's coming about. But he has said that the script that Josh Whedon has written is very cool and very dark. Uh, so no, no telling exactly what to expect with that. Uh, there has been rumors that uh, Baron Strucker, I believe I'm saying his name right, 
uh, is going to be somewhere involved, and so you could have some Hydra appearances in there. So, you know, maybe if they have Hank Pym in there, and maybe he builds Ultron at the beginning of it, and Ultron is functioning exactly as he means to, and they could have through the course of the film, maybe Hydra could get a hold of Ultron, or maybe they can't defeat Hydra and they need some help, and so he weaponizes Ultron, and then it all goes wrong. Not sure where they're going. Very excited to see. Uh, We've got a long time to wait on that one. Uh, But that sums it up for what I've got for you today as far as news of uh, upcoming movies from the Marvel and television from the DC. Uh, So let me just go ahead and remind you real quick, for you the listeners of the Neverland Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, now, I have been saying in the past, uh, because we did review the movie, but they do have The Hobbit, unabridged by J.R.R. Tolkien, as one of your potential free downloads. So jump on it. I mean, what are you waiting for? Uh, especially if you've never read the book. I mean, come on. The movies are, are, are decent. They're pretty good. But the book is so much better. Uh, so anyway, so go and download it. Get your free audio book today. Go to audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. And go get your free audio book. My little pony, my little pony. Come and brush her hair. My little pony, my little pony. Tie a ribbon to show how much I care. My little pony, my little My Little Pony, each sold separately. Collect them all from... Hello, Neverland, and don't adjust your uh, volume because this is not Jeremy. This is Jeremy's wife, Heather. Um, Jeremy asked me to come on and uh, do a little bit of uh, a girl's version of um, childhood toys and things like that. And um, as the little 80s commercial kind of indicated before, um, I'm going to talk about My Little Ponies and... When I was a girl, My Little Ponies were a really big thing, and um, and so that's you know what I want to talk about. And um, I know there have been a resurgence of My Little Ponies here lately, um, and they're much different than what they were in the '80s. Some of the characters are the same, and um, some of my personal favorites like Applejack um, and Moonstone, you know, coming back is uh, really neat to see. Um, but they are a little bit different, so I'm not going to talk too much about the, uh, new cartoons and the new ponies, but, uh, kind of go, uh, back to the past for, uh, me and my memories with My Little Pony. Um, as a kid, you don't, you know, think about dates when ponies came out and, and what you had, but they were, you know, some of the first toys that I remember. Um, My Little Pony came out in uh, 82 and 83. Um, Wikipedia has 83 as the official release date for My Little Pony. But there was actually a My Pretty Pony that came out prior to My Little Pony. Um, I don't know whether they were just, you know, trying to test the market to see if, you know, there was a a market for um, girls, uh, you know, and ponies. And, of course, little girls love horses, um, and I just liked critters. So my sister, um, who was just a couple years older than me, just really loved ponies and always has loved horses and ponies and things like that. So, you know, uh, both of us just really, really loved them. Um, But the My Pretty Pony um, was introduced in 1981. Um, 
and I'm not sure, um, I couldn't find anything on what that pony looked like as far as like, you know, color or hair or, or stance or anything like that. And um, if you were a girl in the 80s, you knew about My Little Pony and you were aware there were different, you know, hair colors and poses and, and different things like that. And so, you know, the first ones were, were pretty standard because, you know, Hasbro was trying to see if, you know, this thing would, would get going. Um, our first ponies... Um, were, I think, an off-brand. They might have been My Pretty Ponies, and we didn't know it. Um, I just remember them being, uh, you know, they were pink-colored with white hair, and we just loved them. Um, when we got them, My Little Ponies were out for a while. So these might have been, you know, that first generation um, that just uh, were still, you know, out there in the stores and things. Um, we did have some of the first generations of ponies, and um, my sister's favorite was bow tie which was a blue pony and had little little bow ties on the um the sides of her body and had pink hair and my favorite was applejack and it was perfect for me because i loved apples and i still do love apples of, of anything and everything and um applejack happened to be a character that has continued um to this day that you see in the um in the more modern uh version of things of the, the my little ponies um these were very simple ponies, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of fancy poses or wings or multiple colored hair like what would come later, but they had, they just had the um, flat foot, what they call a flat footed pose, um, and had like little, um, just a small little patch of the little symbols on their, on their rumps, and um, all the ponies always came with uh, combs and ribbon and like a, a scented sticker. Some of the other ones that came later would have, um, you know, be more of a playset where they'd come with a, a little friend or um, uh, sometimes as big as a, as a building or something like that. And we did have a couple of those. Um, there were several what they call year one or generation one uh, ponies, and they got very, you know, broad and expansive. Um, the regular ponies were, you know, took off really well, and then they decided to add things like rainbow ponies that had the rainbow hair, and we had a few of those. Um, my favorite was Moonstone, which was a unicorn and had, um, like, the little planets and some stars on her rump, and um, then we had some of the sea ponies, which were um, like seahorses, and they came with a little clamshell that would stick on the wall. Now, the, these were designed to float in the water, and they were actually weighted at the bottom, so they would float and you could play with them in the bath. Now, they couldn't stand up like the regular ponies, and so um, that's why they had the little clamshell that had a little suction cup on it so you could stick it on the bathroom wall, and you could um, store her there and... Um, and the like. So we had a couple of those. Um, the ones we had were Wave Dancer, is what the name of them were. They were pink and they came with like a little purple shell. And we would play with our My Little Ponies in the bathtub anyway. You know, once the idea kind of was placed that, oh, they have ponies you can put in the water. Well, why can't we put our other ponies in the water? So we had lots of fun with our, with our ponies. Um, some of the play sets that were out, um, it wasn't very long before they started making castles for the ponies and stables, of course, were an obvious thing. 
Um, and we had um, the Dream Castle, which was pink and had purple little um, roofs and things on it. And it came with a, a unicorn called Majesty, which was the uh, queen of the castle and had a little crown. And um, the Dream Castle came with a little dragon named Spike. And this is also a character that has um, stayed in the My Little Pony world um, that you do see in the, the current series as well. Um, and uh, Spike later on would have a little book um, that we had, and it was called um, Spike and the Magic Shoes. And it was kind of, um, the story was Spike was feeling lonely and, you know, like nobody had paid attention to him. So he got a hold of some magic shoes to be invisible and that didn't fix his problems. And, and I'm just kind of re- trying to remember the story off the top of my head, but that was kind of, kind of the story. So we played with Spike, um, and later on they would add other animals, um, to the My Little Pony world. But Spike was the first non-pony, um, little animal that I remember anyway. Um, the next place that um, that we had was um, the one where it had the little cloud and it would rain and it was called the the pony shower and you could make bubbles with it and um, this one was one that mom got for me and uh, we shared the, the castle but the this uh, little pony shower was one that I particularly wanted and it came with a pony named Sprinkles and there was a little friend that came with it um, his name was Duck Soup and um, and I think it was a little duck. I don't remember. Um, but uh, that was one of the other playsets that we that we had. And so, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of pony stuff because there was a lot that got started putting out once My Little Ponies got launched. Um, you know, and, and honestly, you know, our family wasn't that rich to have, you know, all these ponies that came out. But, you know, we had a few and I really loved, loved my ponies. And um, we kind of... We, I got into them at the beginning of it, um, you know, in the really early 80s, um, before later on when they had lots of different varieties of ponies, you know, ponies that had um, fuzzy little um, plush, you know, attached to them, or sprinkles, or, um, you know, lots of other little different things, little jewels and stuff that they would have attached to them. That came a little bit later, and, you know, by that time, I was a little bit older, and not that I grew out of My Little Ponies, but I had other things that I enjoyed doing as well. Um, Some of the other types of ponies that came later that I did have was we had a couple of baby sea ponies um, that they came with their little... um, a life preserver that was shaped. We had one that was shaped like a, a turtle and one that was shaped like a duck. And those would also float in the bathtub too. They had some uh, ponies that were called flutter ponies. That These were kind of a thinner pony and they had little plastic wings and they had a little button. You could push at the top and it would make the little wings flutter and then you could have flying ponies. Um, those were the only ponies that we had that had wings. Actually, we did not get any of the, um, the Pegasus ponies that came with the, the little plastic wing that were molded onto the bodies. We had unicorns and we had what they call earth ponies. Um, and then the little uh, flutter ponies were the only flying ponies that we had, that my sister and I had that we played with. And of course, we, we loved those. The only thing was those little plastic wings were so flimsy um, that they easily came out and, and they got lost real quick. And so we had to later um, kind of imagine they had these thin little gossamer wings and we'd still fly them around, but we lost those little wings pretty quickly after that. Um, Later on, um, 
there were boy ponies that came out. They called them big brother ponies. We never had any of those, um, but we would kind of designate certain ponies that would be boys. So if we needed a boy, boy pony um, early on, we'd just kind of draft one of the, the girl ponies and um, to be a boy, boy, boy pony. And really, they didn't have a gender, and I don't think I remember thinking of the ponies as really boys or girls, you know, growing up, they were just ponies, you know, and then later on, you know, we decided, well, maybe we need, you know, boy ponies because they, now we had baby ponies and we did have a couple of, um, the baby ponies. One was a little unicorn, um, and one was just a a little pony. And so, you know, we, we love those, of course. Um, now one of the great things about collecting ponies was they came with these little, these little horseshoe uh, points that came on the box. So every time you bought a pony, you would get so many little horseshoe points. And if you were um, a member of the the My Little Pony Club, I don't know if that's what they called it, but um, I was. And so they would give you little letters every once in a while, and you'd have mail-in order um, special pony offers that would come in the mail that you could order special ponies that they didn't have in the stores. Um, we did have a couple of those, um, particularly the birthday ponies that came out. My sister and I had uh, birthday ponies. We had um, the ones, of course, for our birth month. Um, And these came with a flower on the rumps for that particular month. And because I'm born in September, mine was Morning Glory. And my sister's, she's born in December, so hers was Holly. And that was the name of our ponies. And they were um, white in color and had the bright pink hair. And all of them were, um, irregardless of what kind of um, symbol they had on their rump. And of course the, the flowers were, um, whatever the flower was for, um, that birthday. And so those were some of the special ponies, um, special order ponies that we had. Um, and we had a, a baby pony. Um, there was a, a baby pony named Ember, um, which was one of the first baby ponies that they had. And this one came with about three different color, um, of hair and body. And we had the one that was, um, pink um with um oh gosh i can't remember what color hair um but we had um yeah lavender excuse me it was lavender with pink hair is the one that we had and um but that was really you know we just had a couple of of the little baby ponies and that was it um and the baby ponies they got really small um as time went on the ponies, the baby ponies got smaller and smaller. They had little twin ponies, um, even like drinking wet ponies, which I didn't remember. I had to kind of look that one up. Um, but then they had these teeny tiny ponies, which came out in um, 91 and, uh, 90 and 91. Um, at that time, I would have been a 10 and 11, and I was, you know, had kind of gotten out of the pony scene. But um, apparently these were the smallest baby ponies that were made. I do remember commercials um, of them. And... Uh, you know, so and there were lots of different ponies that came out. Um, like I said, there were ones with wings and little um, fuzz on them, and they got increasingly more and more symbols on them. Um, there were ones that they said were, you know, these fancy ponies, um, twice as fancy ponies that had more, um, you know, little symbols or their little flowers or berries or whatever on them um, until they're closer to the end of when the first. Uh, generation of ponies kind of um, got out of popularity um, to where they had the symbols just all over the bodies. Um, and so, 
you know, there's just a variety of those kinds of things. There were pony friends. Um, so early on, there would be little animals like the the little duck and the dinosaur, Spike the Dino, or Spike the Dragon, um, and the, like that would come with the play sets. But then they made some ponies that were um, animal ponies themselves. Um, like there was a camel and a giraffe, um, a zebra and a lion, and then later on they added um, like a dinosaur and a llama and moose and things like that. So um, we never had any of those, but the the pony kingdom really expanded. And um, there was a lot of different ponies that were added to it. And, um, you know, My Little Pony had a good run, um, you know, starting in about, you know, 81, which was when My Pretty Pony came out, um, all the way up into 90s, um, and even on into the 90s, when there wasn't ponies on the shelves, there were still ponies um, that could be mail-ordered, which I didn't know about until I had to read about it. Um, and so, you know, My Little Pony has kind of been underground um, for a while now, which has come to the surface, you know, here um, like recently, um, which some of us kids in the 80s, of course, are really, it's kind of nice to see and very nostalgic, nostalgic to see things like My Little Pony and Care Bear and um, even Rainbow Bright and those things that we loved as kids coming back. Um, however, they definitely look much, much different um, than they did before. Now, I still have my ponies um, to some extent, which, um, you know, my husband heard, you know, oh, you still have your ponies. Those would be, you know, worth a lot. Um, but I had to explain to him, as we got older, we wanted to modify our ponies. We discovered things like nail polish remover, which efficiently moved those little symbols off the, the rumps of the ponies. And we wanted to play barbershop, so some of the ponies got their hair trimmed. So, you know, our ponies, we played with them. You know, and we, we were little girls. We played with them and, you know, wanted to put makeup and things like that on them. So they they are they were toys. They really weren't collectors. So ours have more than just maybe um, collector value to them, which they probably have very little collector value, honestly. But they have more sentimental value, which for me is more important anyway, because I have lots of memories of, you know, playing with my ponies and, you know, um, all the little you know, days that we spent, um, you know, just playing and enjoying the ponies and, and the like. So, um, yeah, we do have them. They would probably be collectors if they were, you know, things if we had kept them nice, but, uh, we played with them and we enjoyed them. And I think that's more important. Um, I mentioned the, the My Little Pony Club earlier. One of the things that I got when I got my letter from the My Little, Little Pony Club, which I thought was really cool that I was getting a letter. So that was um, one of the things I really enjoyed about having, being part of the, the club, as well as, you know, you kind of look at the ponies that you could only get through the mail. Um, and they had told us about the My Little Pony movie. And, um, you know, this was... Um, a movie that came out, I think, in 86, if I'm remembering correctly, which I would have been six years old when that came out. And um, I remember just, I couldn't wait to see that movie. Um, you know, and I forget the plot. I think there was some type of sludgy monster that was threatening, you know, My Little Pony Land, and the ponies had to, you know, vanquish it. And um, But I just really was excited about the My Little Pony movie, and I, I can remember, you know, the paper, the letter, and, and um, you know, getting that in the mail, and and things like that. So one of the movies that I remember going to as a child was the My Little Pony movie. And I think I've got a little 
um, clipper that my husband found um, to play that. So we'll play that for you here um, right now. Um, the theme from the My Little Pony um, movie. Now, in the movie, um, we were introduced in, in the Ponyland here. We were introduced to a couple of new characters, um, a girl named Megan, and then um, her her pony, and gosh, I forget what the name of that pony was. Um, I want to say it started with an M as well. Um, anyway, but Megan was the first human character that would show up in, in the pony world. And so she continued to be a character on through the TV show. Um, there was a TV show that came on um, online on the, on the air shortly after, you know, around the time that the movie came out. Um, the the TV series was short lived. Um, they only had about two seasons, and I think about fifty some episodes. And um, I remember watching, you know, some of them, um, and uh, you know, enjoying those. Um, as well, but um, Megan, I think, was really one of the only human characters that showed up in, in the Ponyland that I remember anyway. There might have been other ones, and, you know, feel free to come in, you know, and correct me. And um, But anyway, and so, you know, that was kind of um, the, the Pony heyday um, there, you know, 86, 87, 88, and as we got into the 90s, um, the My Little Ponies kind of started tapering off, um, and for me, personally, um, you know, I loved My Little Ponies when I was little, but as I got older, you know, I played a lot outside, and we had Barbies that we kind of got interested in, so unfortunately Barbie kind of um, took the place of My Little Pony um, after a bit. Now, we play with our Barbies and our My Little Ponies, you know, because Barbie had to have something to ride. Um, um, but also, I like stuffed animals, too, so, you know, expanding beyond um, the pony world. But, um, you know, I still have my ponies, and I... They're, they're in a box somewhere, um, but uh, like I said, they're, they're some of my favorite um, memories that I had as a child. 
Now, the newer, um, just I'll talk real briefly about the uh, the new series, and I haven't watched the new series a lot. Um, I've caught a few episodes in it, and actually last night I watched like um, the first couple of episodes. Um, there is a, a very, um, it's different. It's very different. A lot more um, cutesy, and I think a little more girly, um, the feel of it, I've, I think, than what it was in the 80s. Um, and of course, you know, the 80s, would, or the 80s, so lots of 80s cheese on it um, that goes with it. And um, the, the new My Little Pony seemed much more stylized, I think. Um, and like I said, there were some characters that I enjoyed seeing again, like Applejack and Spike. Um, and uh, it's just interesting with the new um, resurgence of the My Little Pony came an unexpected... Uh, segment of the population that became fans, and of course, I'm talking about bronies. Um, I don't remember any boys when I was a kid that was just really excited about My Little Ponies. <laughs> um, but uh, in this day and age, very interesting, you know, we have guys that are really, really big fans of My Little Pony. Um, My Little Pony, there really wasn't much to offer boys in the 80s. Um, there were not a lot of male ponies. Um, in fact, the, you know, the My Big Brother ponies didn't come on until, you know, like I said, that 86, 87, around, you know, when the My Little Ponies really hit their peak. Um, and even then, there really weren't that many of them. Um, they looked, you know, they were stylized like Clydesdales. Um, in the My Little Pony series today, um, there are quite a few, both male and female, and there's, um, older ponies and younger ponies, much more variety as far as, like, age and character and things like that than there was with the old show, which is kind of nice to see. Um, and so, um, I don't, I don't know if maybe that's part of it, but it seems like the bronies that, um, I have have, you know, read about in, in the like, like the girl ponies. It's not necessarily, they like the, the male ponies. They like the girl ponies, um, which is a very interesting, interesting kind of demographic. But, um, my little ponies seem to be here to stay. And, you know, I, for one, I'm kind of enjoying the little, um, retro flashback, um, for it, even though I don't watch the, the new TV show, you know, like I probably would have if I was a child, you know, in this day and age. Um, and so, anyway, it was just nice to see that the ponies are still out there, and uh, I hope you enjoyed my little uh, jaunt through memory lane um, with this little segment of my childhood. Um, there are other things, of course, that I did in my childhood, so I might, Jeremy might let me get on again and, and share some stuff, you know, um, that I, other things that I did as a child, and I remember as a child that, you know, toy related or not toy related, because we did a lot of things running around outside and, and having fun. So, anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this little um, jaunt down memory lane with me, and um, we'll hope to see you in Neverland again.
All right, all my little lost boys, and now hopefully some lost girls. I hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, if uh, you would like to leave some feedback about that, uh, how much you enjoyed it or uh, or didn't enjoy it even, uh, feel free to send an email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. That is the letter P, NeverlandPCast. Also, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash never, the Neverland Podcast. You can also find links to all this on at the website, the Neverland or NeverlandPodcast.com. I keep wanting to say the, but there is not a the in front of it. It is just NeverlandPodcast.com. Uh, now, I actually have a few little bit of memories of My Little Pony. My sister did have uh, like one or two of them, but uh, we kind of had a deal worked out. Uh, I remember when the miniseries started, which I actually just played the uh, the audio from the television series. Uh, there was a miniseries that had gotten going. Uh, at the same time, they had a series called Challenge of the Gobots. And uh, from uh, it ran from like 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. before my sister and I had to leave for school in the morning. And so uh, I would sit and watch a My Little Pony show, and then my sister would sit and watch a Gobot show kind of back-to-back. Now, I know a lot of people consider Gobots to be the uh, the cheap, worthless version of Transformers, but, you know, I did enjoy it, and I know there are other people who enjoyed it as well, and at some point when we probably talk about Transformers on this show, we'll talk about GoBots as well, uh, but I, that's kind of the memory I, I have, and actually going through and doing some, uh, helping my wife with some research, I actually did find the intro to the, the cartoon and everything, and I recognized some of the stuff of the series and the little dragon character, which I'm sure my wife has mentioned, so, yeah, I'm a guy who actually was familiar with some of the My Little Pony. All right, I am not a brony, though. Uh, I have not been watching the new series, although I did hear with the new series that the writer of that, apparently she was a fan of the toy line when she was a little girl, and she invented all these different characters uh, with, with playing with her toys, and that's actually how she got some characters that she's written into the new series. So kind of an interesting bit of information. But anyways, this has been the Neverland Podcast, and I would like to just go ahead and remind you about Audible's free trial uh, you get a free audiobook download. You get a 30-day trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. Everybody who signs up for that through that link will actually be helping out the show and helping me keep this to be a nice free podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it does help out the show. Uh, also, if you come to the website, uh, there are iTunes links to purchase any audio that I use that is available on, on iTunes and sometimes some video. Uh, so come and check out the website. Go to the Twitter feed, the Facebook feed. Uh, share uh, about the, the Neverland Podcast on your Twitter feed and your personal Facebook page. Tell your friends about it. Let them know how much you're enjoying it. Let me know how much you're enjoying it because I love hearing your feedback. Uh, so, and if you also, if you would like to have Heather come on and talk about uh, any toy that maybe was a favorite uh, for for you as a little girl, which hopefully you ladies are listening. And if you're not a lady listening and you're a guy and you have a lady friend or a sister, share the Neverland podcast with her. Tell her, hey, we have a show just for you. Remember those little toys you played with? Yes, there's somebody who will talk about those. Uh, so lots of fun to be had for boys and for girls. We, I, I'm just basically trying to put out something positive to the world and inviting you all to come along with me. So I hope you're having fun. I sure am. Uh, I can't believe I'm now eight weeks into this. Now, next week, uh, I haven't decided exactly what I want to do. There are so many fun things to talk about. If you have anything you would like to hear me talk about, 
go ahead and let me know on the Facebook page, the Twitter feed, or send me that email. Once again, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Until then, have yourself a wonderful week. Remember to spread a little bit of that childhood fun around and always sprinkle a little bit of pixie dust. Makes your day go by a lot faster. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.